0: Hello, this is Nicole Falcone, and you're listening to The Fifth Spot, the podcast where I try to decide who my fifth favorite director is and shake up my top five in the process. We have had a bit of a delay, <laughs> but we're back on track now. Thank you for joining me, for coming on back for what is hopefully a fairly seamless transition, minimal seams. So, Think back to our last episode, where I I had kind of a state of the union with this top five list and the fifth spot contenders. Uh, As we're moving closer to the home stretch here, the five directors who are currently vying for the fifth spot on my top five favorite directors list, you got all that? (laughs) Great. They are Albert Brooks. Paul Thomas Anderson, Greta Gerwig, David Fincher, and Mike Nichols. But this week, these five are getting a run for their money because we are discussing the Cohen brothers, some heavyweights, truly. Um, Joel and Ethan Cohen, born in nineteen fifty-four and fifty-seven, respectively, in St. Lowe's Park, Minnesota a suburb of uh, Minneapolis. Their mother was an art historian, their father an economics professor, and they also have an older sister who is a psychiatrist. Um, So the Cohen brothers' love of film began when they were young. Uh, They would watch movies on television, Italian films, the Tarzan films, uh, comedies with Jerry Lewis, Bob Hope, Doris Day, Um, all of these they watched on TV and then they remade movies that they watched with a super eight camera, super eight, again, all the best ones had it. Um, so they would, they would film these on a super eight camera that, um, that Joel bought with, uh, with his, uh, money he earned from, from mowing lawns. (laughs) So, um, they graduated from St. Louis park high school and also both graduated from Bard college. Um, Ethan earned a degree in philosophy from Princeton after that. And Joel finished the undergraduate film program at NYU. Um, then Joel went on to work as a production assistant. Now, Here is an insanely cool fact that I never knew that I found out when I was researching for this. Joel Cohen assisted in the editing of Sam Raimi's first feature, The Evil Dead. Now, The Evil Dead is one of my favorite horror films of all time. And Sam Raimi, well, (laughs) Sam Raimi, we'll probably be talking about him at a later date. But the long and short of it is this connection happened through the Evil Dead, and continued. It has continued. So Joel, Ethan, and Ramey, they were roommates in Silver Lake. Um, They've collaborated on scripts, uh, one of those being the Coen Brothers 94 film, The Hudsucker Proxy, and a lot of things that have been uncredited work for the Coens and... Um, they've all swapped actors and cameos um in several movies, especially their earlier work. So that's that's pretty cool. Um another thing that's pretty cool that I did know about, but I'm gonna mention, I'm gonna throw it out because I can't not. Um the Cullen Brothers also produced Bad Santa. Uh you know, the classic with Billy Bob Thornton. Bad Santa, which is honestly what I look forward to the most every Christmas. Uh, the spirit of Christmas comes alive for me uh, when I think about watching Bad Santa. So pretty cool that the Cohen brothers produced that. So, um as far as the Coen brothers work, let's talk about that. Um, They wrote and directed their first feature film in 1984. So that's just about 40 years that they've been 40 years. That's not right. No, that is right. That is right. 40 years, damn, 40 years of doing this. And that consists of 18 films, uh, with distinctive Coen Brothers style, spanning genres, often uh, presenting a hybrid of genres, parodying, subverting, and always a quirky humor, whether absurd or black or both. Um, this might be an oxymoron, but they are a singular duo. You know, they write, direct, and produce their films together. Um, until 2003, Joel did receive sole credit um, because of guild rules. Um, after that, they, they began to publicly share credit because, um, because they are an established duo. <laughs> so um, I am going to go into depth about my favorites, my favorite Coen Brothers films. Ones that I would recommend checking out if you want to see what these guys are all about. But before I get into that, I want to give a couple of shout-outs to some Coen Brothers films that aren't on my list but need to be recognized for their pop culture stamina. Um, So... First up would be 1998's The Big Lebowski, which I have to admit that I saw when it came out and I liked it, but I did not love it. Uh, I know as she ducks and people are throwing things um, because the big however (laughs) in this sentence is that most everyone else does love this movie. And like I said, I like it. I do. But, um, I never got quite caught up in, in the whole Lebowski of it all. But this is a cult classic. Um, it introduced us to the dude, uh, as played by Jeff Bridges really was a different role for him at the time, though. He's repeated the vibe since, uh, with varying success, but, uh, Lebowski is a creature, a force in pop culture, endlessly quoted. Um, So I would be remiss to speak on the Coen brothers without mentioning the dude and his cohorts. I will say um, the ash spreading scene, um, if you're familiar, you know what I'm saying. Um, That one did hit with me. I have personal experience Uh, and can attest to the horror and hilarity of such a moment. (laughs) So the other film that I want to give credit where credit's due is Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Um, This one was really embraced, uh, which is a bit of a surprise because uh, it is about 1930s uh, chain gang trio is loosely based on Homer's odyssey and is filmed in desaturated color. All of this really works though. And the bluegrass soundtrack is amazing. Um, man of constant sorrow. (laughs) You just couldn't escape that song at the time. This was 2000. Um, I would also note that it really introduced the comedic George Clooney, like the goofy Clooney. Um, and he has continued to embrace that lack of vanity. Uh, those are, those are always fun ones when uh, when he's just being a goofball. Um, reminds me of, like Cary Grant and something like Bringing Up Baby. Um, that kind of vibe, classic stuff. I also want to give props to a few other, uh, Coen Brothers films, A Serious Man from two thousand nine. True Grit from 2010, and Inside Lewin Davis from 2013. All great films. Let's call them extra credit. If you dig what I'm saying about The Essentials, check these out. Um, so, The Essentials begin with the Coen's debut film in 1984, Blood Simple. A twisty neo-noir starring... Um, Dan Hedaya, M- Emmett Walsh, John Goetz, and most significantly Francis McDormand. This was her film debut, and of course she ended up marrying Joel Cohen. They remain married, and she has appeared in many of um, of his films. Most recently, in his uh, solo directing debut, *The Tragedy of Macbeth* with uh, Denzel Washington. Um, an exceptional partnership and Blood Simple was an exceptional debut for all of them. A dark homage to Noir, to the femme fatale, the hardened detective, the hapless schmuck, the clueless husband, but, um, that's all turned on its head as well. Um, subverting the genre is something this film really does, um, It's a hell of a movie. It sets up the Coen's uh, offbeat, often dark humor, um, their expert style, the quirky performances, stellar dialogue, all the earmarks of future Coen's, um, and frankly, a masterpiece right out of the gate. So how do you follow that up with a complete tonal shift, Raising Arizona in 1987 it's their second film, so a one two punch, first illustrating their dark, like meditative style, then presenting their signature live wire comedy, their oddball humor, and um, zero sophomore slump here just a an amazing film. Holly Hunter and Nicolas Cage, both in peak form, they play a mismatched couple who get married and desperately want a child. They are unable to conceive, so they hatch a plan to steal a baby from a furniture tycoon tycoon, (laughs) um, who has quintuplets. Um, It only gets wilder from there. John Goodman emerging from muddy ground. Um, A chase sequence involving diapers that rivals the French Connection. Just hilarious completely unique stuff here um and then how do you follow that these first two films um with two more brilliant brilliant entries in 1990 Miller's Crossing starring Gabriel Byrne, Marsha Gay Harden, John Turturro, Albert Finney um just exquisite every time I watch it um it's a gangster film probably one of my top five favorite gangster films, um, with all of the usual genre highlights, but wait, this is the Coen brothers. So settle in (laughs) for something else on top of that. Um, more neo-noir, uh, gorgeous cinematography, um, by Barry Sonnefeld, sharp dialogue, uncanny characters, um, The mood that this film evokes is, um, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it, but I love it. Then the next year came Barton Fink, a truly bizarre meditative story, um, about a New York playwright in 1941. He's played by, uh, John Turturro. Um, he's relocating to L.A. in the 40s, uh, attempting to write a B-movie script, and he is suffering from writer's block. Um, pretty much all of this takes place in a hotel room with Barton Fink struggling to write, while his neighbor becomes more and more concerning. That neighbor is played by John Goodman again, Once again, taking it up to 11 with his performance, really, really funny um, and disturbing. (laughs) Um, It could and it could be said, and I'm sure it has been said that Barton Fink is incomprehensible. I don't see it that way. Uh, There's a lot under the exterior here. um, But honestly, even if you don't see that, um, it's still a fascinating character study and just... Uh, an immensely unique experience. (laughs) Um, So, those first four films, just boom, 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 boom. Um, Hit after hit after hit. The Coen brothers, they... I mean, honestly, if it had stopped there, that is already such an accomplishment, um, these films. But we are going to skip ahead now to 1996... Picture this: Grand Junction, Colorado, one of the three movie theaters in town. An eighteen-year-old me is thrilled that we actually got the new Cohen Brothers movie. Um, so I sit in this theater on opening day with maybe three other people scattered throughout, and what proceeds is an hour and thirty-eight minutes of. Total silence in the audience, except for the sound of my laughter. <laughs> and this was my first experience with Fargo, which is what I would consider to be the Coen brothers' crowning achievement, their creme de la creme. Um, a dark, hilarious, tragic, beautiful tale of greed and desperation and the the bleakest parts of the human soul and ultimately the brightest, Um, definitely embodied by Frances McDormand, who won her first Oscar as the very pregnant small town cop, uh, Marge, Margie. Um, And we've also got William H. Macy, his first Oscar nominated role really sent him skyrocketing and Steve Buscemi, who is consummately great honestly, but being even greater still. And what else can I say about Fargo? Um, it's the perfect snow day movie, the perfect any day movie, (laughs) um, an all time favorite, a classic now, and it will be a classic years and years from now. Um, assuming humankind still exists, exists years and years from now, but hell, if not the aliens, the chimps, the androids, whatever, they will study Fargo as a classic. Um, there is, of course, a series now, too, on FX. Um, I believe that it's going into its fifth season. Um, I was skeptical of the show when it was first announced because... Um, because I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Um, but I, I did cave and I watched the first season and the tone and the themes were very Fargo, very true to the Cohen spirit. Um, I thought it was really something, honestly. Um, I haven't watched the other seasons, but I have heard nothing but positive stuff. So check that out too. Um, so last but not least Cohen brothers film. I want to talk about is the best picture, best director, best adapted screenplay winner of 2007. Um, no country for old men. And I think this stands as one of the greatest films of the Coen brothers, for sure. Um, a lot of familiar theme- themes. Um, big one is destiny versus self-determination um it's a very dark film, very absorbing. Uh Javier Bardem is just astonishing, honestly, as a as a sociopathic killer. Um he won an Oscar as well. Uh Josh Brolin is revelatory. Um, this really made me a big fan of him. And Tommy Lee Jones, uh really pitch perfect embodying the figure of like an old lawman you know in 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 classic western style um and he's he's up against this ruleless violence you know that he just can't comprehend um and it has the most fascinating final scene uh ambiguous, perfectly sums up the ambiguity of a world that feels uh at once random and destined and Um, basically, the best we can hope for is to escape from evil rather than triumphing over it. Um, Pretty bleak stuff, um, but very fascinating. Incredibly entertaining. Um, It's adapted from the uh, Cormac McCarthy novel, which um, I have read. It's excellent. Um, But this is one of the few adaptations I would say is even um better than its source material. And that's the Cohen Brothers. That's my overview of the Cohen Brothers, you know, from yours truly. Uh, your overview might be different. And that's just a testament to the breadth of work we're talking about here. Um the Cohen Brothers honestly just so distinct and Yeah, really unmatched in, uh, in that, that offbeat style. And, um, yeah, just everything that they bring to the table is, um, interesting. Uh, so, okay. The Coen brothers, a mighty force. I'm not going to lie. Definitely probably kicking somebody out to get in as a major contender for my fifth spot but we won't get into that now I will think on it you think on it but okay so now we are back full steam ahead let's talk about our next episode in two weeks we are going to tackle the whimsical melancholy world of Wes Anderson so come on back for that join me I will join you. (laughs) We will continue together. Hopefully no more speed bumps. Talk at you later.